All right, beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I'm your host, Caleb Nelson, and I have the lovely Betsy Pake. Pake like a cake, as she just clarified for me before we <laughs> hopped on. The distinct pleasure of welcoming you on the program today. Thank you, Betsy, for joining me. Yeah, thank, thanks so much for having me. It is my pleasure. And uh, I like to start off all my episodes with why I appreciate my guest and uh, namely because I think we all in the world should share a little more appreciation and gratitude for each other. I think we'd solve a lot of life's problems that way, but I I'll, get off, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox <laughs> for a second. And um, you know, I, I was a guest on your podcast and I really, one, I really enjoyed the experience. Um, and I'm at a place in my life where I've really started to shift how I value people. I, I, I've learned that it's much less about what people say, it's what people ask. And if people ask a lot of great questions, you know that they've got a certain something about them. And I really appreciated that about you. And, um, and then also within the course of our conversation, you had shared, hey, I own a gym for a while, and now you're doing this. And something that I really admire in this world is anybody who's willing to take the risk, not only just to jump into entrepreneurship alone, but then to also pivot and like really change course and, and go into another avenue. It, it speaks to, to me, a lot of courage, a lot of commitment to really asking yourself what really matters to you. And I think that I just admire it. I think it's fantastic. So thank you for just being you. And uh, yeah, I just want to let you know that that's what I took well, away from our, nice. from our conversation. Together. Thank you. Well, thanks. That's a fun way to start the episode. I I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the courage to shift and change and to know, like, you know, I, I work with women all the time that are like, they don't know what they want, but they know not this. Mm-hmm. And I think the courage to say like, not this, like I had the gym and then after a little bit, I was like, oh, not this, not this. And to be able to do that and shift is just like a really cool thing. So I, I thank you for recognizing that. I think to empower anybody listening, it's okay to, you could just start with the, not this. <laughs> what a, we're going to dive into that a little bit, um, a lot of better, however much we want to go on this, um, because I don't really have a plan for this show. We just do it. We have fun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, courage is a really beautiful and powerful thing. I love where you're just starting with a really small ask of oneself of knowing that not this is also where you start to become more like, if not this, then what? And it's about, as we just mentioned, it's about the questions we ask ourselves and others. And that's, I find that's the most enriching journey of it all is learning how to ask great questions. Yeah. So let's start learning a little bit more about you and, you know, you know yourself better than me to that effect. (laughs) Betsy, who are you? I am a conscious seeking spiritual being. (laughs) I know that's what came to me. That is what I am. Yeah, I am. um, I'm a really happy person and an optimist. And I've been through a lot of really hard things. And I think it's made me experience more joy. I love that response. And I've been really, really fortunate because that's, I have like two questions in my head that I want to make sure I ask every show. And yeah. one of them is that, and every single time I get a really beautiful response, mm-hmm. it, I, yeah. I don't think I have yet to get anything from somebody where it's just like, 
title this like identity that roles like, it's not like roles it's more like experiences yeah yeah you know, but to say hey i'm a conscious spiritual being wow like that's yeah. that's so open and optimistic like i firmly believe that if we start identifying ourselves and defining ourselves by our core values mm-hmm. it's the simplest way to solve all our problems as opposed to the label of the whatever that position right. or title or whatever that is you could that can pivot uh, hey i'm an optimist well i could go into almost any avenue in life i think it's really powerful so i really really appreciate it and enjoyed your response to that uh one of the things that i love asking people like if i'm at a party and i meet somebody you know how so many times we would say like oh well what do you do Cause that kind of defines us, you know, mm-hmm. I love to ask like, so what do you really like to do? Mm-hmm. What do you really like to do? And then it's, that's a totally different question for a while. I was asking what brings you joy. And then people were like, what the hell are you asking me? <laughs> so <laughs> then I just started to, what do you like to do? And then all of a sudden people were like, I like to surf or I like to, you know, like then it's something totally different. So yeah, I love that same kind of thing. Right. Like, like what, what do you, what is it that makes you, you? Mm. Well, I'm so gonna, interesting. I'm going to flip that yeah. question then right back at you. What, what do you like to do and how did we get here? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think like how I got here is, is a pretty maybe interesting story. Um, yeah. The thing that I love the most is having the freedom to choose. And I think that that probably stems from my story. So, you know, um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm soon to move to the beach because that's what brings me joy. Is the mm, beach. So I am moving a, to the beach. You'd get along um, real well I'm with my planning, wife. <laughs> I, yeah, actively planning that out. Um, but when I was young, I grew up in Vermont. And um, when I was 16, my mom and my older sister decided to go on a trip. Do you know this story? No. No. Okay. So my mom and my sister decided they were going to go on a trip. They were going to go to a hockey game it was in a different state. And it was March. I remember I was mad because they were getting to go and I had to go to school. Anyway, they left in the morning and um, the way that they were traveling, they ended up getting off at the wrong exit. And you know, sometimes you get off on those exits where you can't get back on, <laughs> like you have to go, like, there's no on, on that exit. Like, why do they even do that? So that's what happened to them. And so they stopped at this little store and said, how do we get back on the highway? And the guy said, take this, there's this little side road. It'll take you right there. So they did. And then as they were driving, it was sort of like windy, you know, little side road to get back. And it was icy and it was March and my mom slipped off the road. And there was nothing there. It was just like a huge, huge, huge empty field, but there was an embankment. So you know, you can kind of imagine like you pick up speed as you go down an embankment, huge open field with, with one tree. And so my mother came down the embankment, hit the tree. And, um, my sister crawled out of the car and crawled up to the road and flagged somebody down. Um, they got the jaws of life had to come and they helicoptered my mom to the hospital where she died about 12 hours later. Now I have thought about, obviously I've thought about that so much over the course of my life. I'm 50 now. So it's been a long time, but I've thought about the tree 
Like why the tree? And I think about, you know, now, if we, if you say what brought me here, what I teach people is about where they're focusing, because where you focused is where you're going to go, whether it's the tree or the whole opportunity of field around you that you could park. Right. And so I think it's, it's where you focus is a matter of life or death and not just your physical life, but your peace, your emotional well-being, the way you grow. You know, if you are focused every day on how you hate your boss and every day you go in and you'll hate my boss, I hate my boss, like that will begin to be the thing that is brought to you when there's a whole open field of possibility around you. And so, you know, one of the things that I talk about so much with people is that field of possibility, you know, and how do we really start to shift so that we're not only like consciously choosing something else, but that we train our unconscious mind to do something else. And so over the years, I think because of that experience, I've been really focused on how, on, um, how other people are growing and relating to others, why people make the decisions that they do, how people see the world. Cause it's, for a long time, not as much now, but especially when I was younger, the way people saw the world was so different from how I saw the world because of that experience. And so, yeah, so I think that's how I got here, you know, is I got here because I want, I know, and I have known since the early age, how important it is to look for possibility. And it is, I believe like my life's mission to share that with other people so that they can live the life they really want to live. And I call that living big, right? So that they can live big. Love that. Ironically enough, you already answered my only other question that I had in my head. I always close the show with what is your purpose? And you just went, here's my mission. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I was like, let's I'll... start the show with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I find really powerful about your story there is how you took this moment in your life, obviously very tragic, very sad moment yeah, with no. your mother but what a powerful inflection point of how you look back now. It's like, this is kind of a big reason why not kind of, it sounds like a really big reason why you are where you are and it sent you on right. this trajectory. Yeah. It's not to say that people should be grateful for the pains like in that, like you don't, you never grateful, but like, it sounds like you've become you can part be. of your piece. You can be like grateful for like what it's taught you along the way. Yes. Absolutely. I have said many times over the years that I would do anything to have my mother back. Like, obviously I've never, I've never, ever texted her. We didn't have cell phones then, right? I've never known the joy of getting a text from her. I've never been on my own with her alive, like where I could call her in the morning or ask her advice about it. Like none of that. I was denied so many things. Mm. And for that, I will be forever sad, mm. but I would never change who I am because of that experience. Like I fundamentally changed how I saw the world because of that experience. Now, if I was going really, really deep into the far end, which I don't know if your listeners yeah. want to go it. that deep, this but is I have, I, so I believe in the work that I do now is I'm an expert in subconscious programming, right? So I'm a trainer of hypnotherapy and NLP, and I am an expert in that area. I know how that works. I know how to create change in people and why we think the way we 
think the things we do. Now, we are meaning-making machines. That's how we create our own reality. I have something happen, I make meaning out of it, and that creates my reality. I may be standing in the same spot as someone else and experiencing the same thing, but I'm creating my reality in a different way than them. And so they have a different experience, right? The story is different. I have a photo of my daughter on a, my husband, my ex-husband at, at the time he sent me, he's still my ex-husband. I think he was my husband at the time. I don't remember. So he sent me this photo of my daughter on one of those rides at the fair where you're in the chair and you're like zooming around and she was smiling and smiling at the camera. There was a woman, like an older, like older, my age woman in front of her who had a look of fear and like a death grip on the chains, you know, like on the thing that was holding them. And there was a guy behind her that looked completely bored. Like it was weird how in that one photo, they were all having the same experience, but they're story was totally different. One person's story was, this is terrifying. One person's story was my dad's going to take my photo. And one person was like, I have to be on this because somebody's making me and I'm totally bored. So the stories that we have are what create our experience. So when I look at the story of my mom, for a long time, the story was that this was like the worst thing ever. And that it created a whole cycle of awful things and disjointed family experiences and uh, like terrible things really. And I decide I had to actively decide that's not the story that I want to have about that because it's way too painful. And so when I really, really dug into it and like sat with myself and I mean, I mean, I've meditated for hours on this thing, like not push the feelings away, like sit with them. I thought, it feels like a better story to me. And what I believe, I believe this is true, is that at some point before I was born, before my mother was born, we met up and we said, we're going to create something. And she said, I'm going to find a very dramatic exit. Like, I don't think she knew what that exit would be, but it was going to be some dramatic exit. I will find an exit point that will be dramatic. And then you, have to make meaning out of it so that you can change the people that you touch, right? My ver- my limited expansion of the world. I know I keep freezing, but I'm still here. Right, <laughs> my I can, video needs are- <laughs> I can still hear you. So, Don't worry. <laughs> okay, good. So I think that we had a pact. I believe that we all have, I believe that we are an intricate fabric of threads that overlap and touch each other. And that we are here to create experiences and interact so that we continue to grow and serve some purpose in the world. So I believe she and I got together and she said, I'll have a dramatic exit. And I said, okay, I'll suffer and then I'll make meaning of it. And then I'll tell everybody else what I learned. And and then we said, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Then we did. Like, yeah, so that's my belief. And that story really works for me. Because then I believe there was a meaning to that event instead of just some tragedy. Mm-hmm. It was, there was a meaning to it. Well, a couple of things stick out for me, what I think are really powerful. Number one, it's this notion, it's almost this notion of time travel. You can retroactively go back and rewrite the story in the shade that will then suit you for where you're at now. 
That's not to say eliminate the story, which I think a lot of people like to just like, I want to bury it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to da 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 da. As opposed to, right. let me accept what it is. What has this allowed me to do in my life? Yeah. And I hear that yeah. that's the gratitude that comes from that. The other thing that came to mind, and ironically enough, I've kind of shepherded a lot of people over the past three years through loss of uh, family members and whatnot. Before the yeah. pandemic, there was a there was a big uptick in that. And yeah, your story, the way you're saying it, it's resonating for me in this perspective of what I've found is that, and it, by no means were they coming to me directly for it. It was just something that happened, and I was like, well, I got to learn how to deal with this. The thing that came to me where I think a lot of people get caught up on death is that we no longer have the physical, the thing, the tangible, like I can squeeze you. I can get a text. I can get all that stuff. Like we're attached to the, how we connect to somebody mm-hmm. as opposed to what it is we need. And you're talking about meaning and story and things like that. So one of the things that I've learned and it helped me and I've seen it as other people have used it you know, in their own context and however they decided to use it was focusing purely on what lesson they have taught you in, in their life. What have they given you? Yeah. And then simply following through on that lesson keeps them alive with you, not mm-hmm. in the physical yeah. form, but in essence, in the spiritual form. And yeah. for me with people that I've lost or relationships have changed I find that has a lot of power and it allows it to continue to go. And it feels like, I feel like that's almost the highest form of respect you can have for somebody, your legacy. This is your legacy. The one lesson, if, if your life was summed up in something and I wrote down there, just so you know, I think it'd be a great title for this one is feel the possibility. It's like, wow, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Every, anything is possible depending on, well, what you said, where are you focused? Anything's possible. Yeah. And until you learn otherwise. So I, those were some really powerful things. And, and I'm certainly at a place in my life where I, I align quite a bit with you. Like we're all this, we are definitely this intricate fabric that man, like that's, we think we're not yeah. disconnected, but we are deeply, deeply connected. Yeah. And I think one of the gifts of, of grieving, one of the gifts of having somebody really close to you die is that it makes you aware, if you allow it, it gives you the opportunity to be aware of the spiritual side of this life. I, I believe, and I everybody has their own beliefs, but we are energy, right? There, there, we are energy at, at our core. And so energy can't be destroyed. And right. so I believe that I, like, I, I believe that my mom is around. I believe my grandmother is around. I just lost my dog in April and I feel her around all the time. So my relationship with them is different, but it doesn't end. And I think if we never experience grief, we never touch base again with that spiritual side. It's really easy to just stay in the physical. But when we know that there is this spiritual side, when we know that on a deep level, then our behavior is different. Because it opens us up to a a magic, right? If that is possible, if if that's possible, that there could be another realm just outside of my awareness where 
my mother's energy is, or my dog's energy is, I can't decide who I like the best right now because I really miss my dog. So <laughs> my mom's old news now, you know, uh. that was 33 years ago. Now I miss my dog, but like where I have, where I know I, I miss her so much. That's very palpable to me because it's so new. And so I miss her so much, but if I'm still, I can still feel her. I still know she's around. And if I never experience grief, I lose that opportunity. I never have that opportunity to touch space with that. So I think grief is a huge gift in that way. You know, I think about Christmas time, right? It's Christmas time now as we're recording this. And I think about Christmas morning, like when you're a little kid, you remember how like at night when you'd go to bed, you'd be like, oh my God what's going to happen? Like you can't even go to sleep. Right. And then in the morning, I mean, you get up and the moment you're up, I mean, the excitement, the wave of excitement where you're like, I got to go, I got to find out what's downstairs. What could be possible? And like, what, there's no reason why we can't do that. What could be possible today for you? Now that wave of excitement comes and we call it anxiety because we're adults (laughs) and we think it's going to be something bad. Right. But what if it's not? What if it's something good? What if you're meant to meet an amazing connection or see somebody? You know, I got in the elevator the other day in my building and to go downstairs and it stopped. I'm on the fourth floor. It stopped on the second floor. This woman got in. Hmm. I don't just liked her. She just had like this good energy. And so we kind of chit chatted and then we got off the elevator and she went right and I went left and I yelled, I really like you. And she yelled back, oh my God, I really like you too. And now I've seen her. I saw her yesterday in the parking lot and she was yelling and waving her hand. She was like, have a a happy holiday if I don't see you. Like magic, right? Like why, why not? Why is it that as adults, we think that wave that comes to us in the morning is dread for something bad happening and that those magical connections have to lead to something. Like that was delightful. Like, can't I just have moments that are delightful? You know, on Christmas morning, I would open my stocking. I remember that feeling. My mom always did really good stockings. And I remember that feeling of like getting the stocking and not knowing what it's going to be. Now, I don't ever, I don't remember anything that was in it, except we had navel oranges in the toes. Like that was also thing. So I, I don't remember anything. It wasn't about the thing. It was it wasn't that the thing led to anything or that it, it, it was that it was delighted me at the time. And that's what I remember is the feeling of being delighted. So those opportunities are all around us all the time, but we miss them because we have our head down and we're looking at the tree. That hit on so many levels. Wow. I had, I have been saying this for a few years now and it's from a former client slash staff member back when I had the gym and it resonates very deeply with what you're saying. It's all we ask ourselves right now, or we, I'm speaking in broad strokes, often the number one question people are thinking about is what could go wrong? We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I will openly say, I think that I do it. Take, you yeah. get a little cynical. What if we change the question to what could go right? What happens then? And that's everything you're bringing up there. Every day can be a gift. And when we think about, and you talk about like, you just met, made a friend the other day on the elevator. We don't look back often 
and say like today, like what was, what were you doing the moments and the day and the, like the day before leading up to when you met the love of your life? Mm-hmm. You had no idea you were about to be smacked in the face with this beauty. Mm-hmm. What if today is also that day where you're saying like, you know, what if you're about to meet your best friend? What if you're going to meet that business partner of the future that's going to take you to the moon? What if it's whatever? Like, there's so much beauty just waiting there. If we just, man, you said it, stop looking at the tree, stop looking yeah. at the pain as the pain, look at the opportunities around it. And there's a lot more space yeah. around that singularly focused pain point, man, that I got a lot more in my head. I need to under, unwind about that, but that connected so beautifully, so beautifully. Hmm. Somebody asked me um, when I turned 50, I turned 50 back in May and someone asked me, what's your next decade going to be? And I was like, what? Like, oh my God, I hadn't thought about it. Like all of a sudden, like, oh, I was like, oh my God. And then I realized the decade, my part of my decade was meeting that woman in the elevator and just saying, I like you, right? Part That was part of my decade. Like the other day, not the other day, it was probably seven, eight weeks ago. I went for a walk. I'm literally walking down the street, like just walking my dog. And in a like little neighborhood and I live in Atlanta. So, you know, busy, but nobody's walking. This guy is walking and he stops me like random stops me and says, Hey, I just wrote a poem. Do you want to hear it? And I was like, yeah, I want to hear it. Now, why would that have happened? Like, why? My husband was like, how does this stuff happen to you all the time? Because I am sending out the vibration that, Hey, I like you. So that's part of my decade was that I interacted with, it was an amazing poem. I asked him to come on the show and do it. He's a little nervous, but he was a school teacher at a school nearby that I was walking nearby. He was walking to school and was writing it and then saw me and felt open, right? So when you are open for possibility, when you're just open in excitement, open to discover whatever it is, even if it doesn't lead to anything down the road, but just to have delight in the day, People can feel that. And that's what I felt from that lady in the elevator. Like I just felt it and she felt it for me. And that's why we both were like, Hey, fellow adventurer, right? Like on the same path. I love that. I really do. And there's so many people, it sounds like your husband and my wife are similar on that effect. It's said, How does this always happen to it is the openness that's something in there. You have to be willing to, and don't get me wrong. The flip side is, yeah, some not favorable stuff could happen. Sure. But you're not going to know until yeah. you give it a shot. Right. And I say hi to people all the time, like like a, a, a really excited hello. <laughs> and they go, huh? You know, like, okay, freak, what, whatever. Why is this woman so excited? And I don't care. Cause my story around it isn't that that's bad. My story around it is that I've identified somebody that maybe needs a little extra whoops sent their way, you know, send them some love, send them some good vibes on the travels. You know, we're interacting with people all the time. It's part of those threads in the greater tapestry. Yeah. And if we can, we want to change things 
You know, people have a lot of things in the world that they're like, this is wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong. And th- that may be, but clear out the wrong in you. That's, that's how you start to clear out the wrong over there. Dig it well, out of you. I'd go one step further on that. It's like, when I talk a lot about this with people, it's like we're the people outside of us are just mirrors of our, of our, our positives oh, yeah. and our insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I love that you say hi to strangers. I love it. I do the same thing. Uh, yeah. It's like, you mean I acknowledged you today? Like, hey, you're a human being too. I'm a human being too. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> it can be so subtle. I went to Vegas with my sister a few years ago. She's like, why is everybody high-fiving you? I was like, I don't know. I guess I thought people just high-fived in Las Vegas. You know what I mean? But I think it's because I was I was giving out the vibe that I would high-five. And who doesn't want if you're in Vegas? I guess that's what you do. But I think that's all around us all the time, right? And also, who's to say when you said hi to that one person, that you never know if somebody's just in that dark, shitty spot. Who knows if they were contemplating suicide or they had a death in the family or somebody got a cancer diagnosis or who knows? And you just mm-hmm. being kind in that like split second to acknowledge like, hey, human, you're not nothing. I see you. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's so small and it's such a small, kind gesture. It's enough to also get them to like lift their head up and go, oh, okay. Like there is still this world in front of me. What a small, seemingly insignificant effort that can just be that little inflection point. And it might turn into a great friendship or it just might be a hello. Uh, I love that you do that. I love that you do that. You know, when my dog died back in April, I was, I walked back from the vet with just her collar. And I mean, I cried on the way. (laughs) I mean, my eyes, I'm sure were totally red when I got to the elevator. And when I got to the elevator, a woman looked at me and I know she just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure she saw I was holding a dog collar. Right. And my eyes looked all red. And she said to me, do you want to go? There's like a clubhouse in my building. She said, do you want to go to the clubhouse and talk? Like, that's all she said to me. And I said, no, I think I'm okay. I just want to go home. And it, I'll remember that forever. She doesn't, I don't know her. I've never seen her since. But that little humanity was, it made me go like, I'm walking back without my dog, but the world is good still. Like it's a big, people don't realize how much their little things can have a big impact. Yeah. And perhaps we need to challenge ourselves to be a little less cynical, even though we might have been hurt in our past. Man, what a story. I really appreciate your, just your openness about this stuff. And I know you're like, I don't know what you're, my favorite thing about this is like, this is a platform. My hope is it's like for people to be real. And there's, I love how real you are about your, your pain and your process and, and where you've been. Yeah. How has this taken you down your entrepreneurial journey? Cause I'd love to hear how that's pivoted for you. Like Mm-hmm. one getting into owning a gym what i, I know how that felt like <laughs> yeah. i know that and then you know we, we occupy a similar space now yeah how did we get there yeah you know i think that um i always knew that i wanted to work for myself mm. you know like even when i was 11 i had business cards for babysitting <laughs> 
I was a certified babysitter. I took a class, like a first aid class. And I had cards. I remember saying to my mother, like, I want cards. And she had business cards made up. I mean, so my whole life, like I had that thing of like, I want to do some, I want to create something of my own. So I found that, um, working out, doing some kind of physical, pushing yourself to a limit can really, really help not only process a lot of junk in our lives, but it also helps to build confidence and all those things you hear about. And I think that it helps you if you can be in one workout. And I think CrossFit was a really great vehicle for this, because if you can be in one workout and think, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this. And then you do it. It, it creates a huge shift in you unconsciously. And, you know, you will find people in CrossFit gym where they cheer other people on during the wads, right. Where they're always speaking like success onto themselves and others. When you are in that place of, of having a physical experience like that, your empathy goes way up. Studies show your empathy goes way up, which means empathy for others, but that also means empathy for yourself. And I think it becomes a really great vehicle to process all of the, all of the ways that you are. And so I have always loved working out and, and pushing myself in that way. So it became like a natural evolution to, to own the gym. I actually started out in a van in the park and I worked full time still. And I had coaches that worked for me and we had, I bought a van and I filled it up with gear and the van would go around and do classes. And that was really fun until it got cold. And then I moved it (laughs) into a building and then we expanded again into a bigger building. And it was one of the biggest gyms, you know, around here. And that was really, really fun until I realized that it was, um, you know, one morning I got up like Saturday morning and it was like one of the only Saturdays that I didn't have to work at the gym. And, you know, gyms are open like all the time. And, um, I remember I like threw myself on the couch and thought like, Oh my God, is this it? Like, I've always wanted to have my own business and do my own thing, but I'm exhausted. Like this isn't fun. Um, and I knew that a lot of people would look at my life and think Betsy's got it all. Betsy's got it all. You know, I had a big, beautiful home. I had my own business. I was happily married. I had, you know what I mean? All of these things. And so for me to be able to say, I know it might look really good on Facebook, but this isn't good. And I openly said like, this isn't making me happy anymore. And I don't, I've got to make changes. And that was Saturday morning. I remember I thought like, is this it? And I heard like a little voice, like, well, what would you do? what would you do? And I mapped it all out. Like I was like a screenwriter, like I wrote and wrote and wrote. And, um, so much of that has come true. And so much of it is still unfolding, but I was very clear except for the, the, um, George Clooney part. I couldn't get that part worked out, but everything else has pretty much come true. So (laughs) I, (laughs) I created in small little tiny steps, right? Like making little tiny changes. I couldn't just quit the gym. Like I had to come up with a plan and I had to sell it and I had to go through a lot of pain and agony in that and then shift to something else. So, um, so that's kind of how the entrepreneurial journey started. And then I think what brought me 
to where I am today is just really wanting to understand people, to really understand why people did the way, the things that they did. You know, I competed in Olympic style lifting and I trained athletes on their nutrition also. So that was a big part of what I did. And I noticed that when they were athletes, they knew they had to eat in a certain way. Like they knew better than anybody what to eat, but they still wouldn't do it. (laughs) So I knew, gosh, there's something here that's so interesting. And that's how I really dove into all the unconscious programming and the NLP and all of those things and kind of moved my business in the direction that it's in now. And then it clicked, you know, I had to be able to start someplace. It might not have been the end all be all, but I started someplace and then I could make changes from there. And lots of times when people come to me and they're stuck, I'm like, just do this thing, just start. And they were like, well, but what if that's not the thing? It doesn't matter. Cause the way to get unstuck is to take any action, even if it's wrong, just anything, just do it. So just start, you know, my website looked stupid in the beginning. Like my, you know what I mean? Like, just do it, just start, make it all messy and just go. So that's sort of my journey and how that all happened. Minus George Clooney. Hey, that's a beautiful thing. I, I've come to find that those who have trained people in fitness, we'll call it that, physical mm-hmm. transformation. Um, I'm doing my very best not to project my own things into this, but I'll share some experience in a second. Impossible I find not to. Impossible not to, right? Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate the, you showing me some grace on that. Thank you. Um, you eventually come to this, like there's something a little bit more because we eventually get around to the nutrition conversation. Mm-hmm. And what I found, and I'd be curious to hear if it echoes true with you as well. When you talk about the subconscious thing, it's like the relationship we have with food is so powerful because it's our, it's our relationship with survival and we control everything about doing that simple action. Like it's the great equalizer. I had a client once say like, Nutrition is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter if you're a great athlete or stay-at-home mom. Everybody's got to eat. And that mm-hmm. is where things can change. And half the reason why I talk about like, what is your purpose is because I've, I've come to find like, if you don't know where, if what you're doing it for, where is the regimen and the routine? Like, what's the purpose of that? Like, why, why bother because of it? But then deeply after that, it's like, well, what's really going on in your life? What, what is really happening? And you have to change everything. People think like, oh, I'm just going to change my nutrition. Everything's going to be fine. Nah, nah, it's not. And then you're going to find the real problem. And there's going to be a new problem underneath that. And that might seem really daunting as I'm sharing this. People are like, oh, but wait, when I have to change everything, it's not going to change tomorrow. It's not, and you're not going to have to change it all. To, you couldn't even know. There's no possible way for you to know the, the next thing after that. You're much like you said, you have to take action first on something and be committed, but at least go in the direction of something you care about, because then you'll be willing to keep going. And ultimately I would venture out right now. It's just like, you have to care about yourself. And I would maybe perhaps say like your legacy, because your legacy is going to have to affect other people along the way. And whether it's in your work or in your family life all of those things. It's just so, it is everything. And it is one thing at the same time. It's like so paradoxical to, to, and really hard to describe because 
It's like, you're going to just start by doing this one little thing and, but it's going to change everything. It doesn't seem that way. Yeah. It doesn't seem that way. So I don't even know where I was going off on that tangent, but thank you for holding that space for that for me for a second while I just <laughs> shot off into the stratosphere. <laughs> My wife, yeah, I don't you know, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think that, um, I think that there are layers to everything that shows up in eating. It shows up in drinking. It shows up in over shopping or gambling. Right. But that's just the layers. So regardless of how those show up for you, I know for me, after my dog died, like I bought the most random things on Amazon. (laughs) I was returning things like crazy because I was trying to get relief. So people try to get relief in different ways. And sometimes that's eating. Sometimes that's drinking, like whatever that is. Right. And I think that the, um, the biggest aha that people have when I'm talking to them about their unconscious mind is that that doesn't, there are layers, but those layers don't have to take a long time to shift. Mm. You know, when I was little, I, um, I reached over, my mom was ironing and I reached across the ironing board and burnt my arm. I still have a little scar from where I burnt my arm. I didn't have to burn my arm every day for 21 days in order to know that I never wanted to reach around a hot iron again. It can happen just like that. We have this belief that I have to do, and and yes, we can do things by repetition. We can, but there's also mind hacking where we can do things in a much different way. That's quicker and it doesn't take forever and it can be fast and you can move through things quickly. I think we have this idea maybe because of like, which I love therapy. So I'm not saying therapy is bad, but the therapy culture of like, you go for years Mm. that, that things take a long time to shift, but they really don't have to. The thing is, is that if you get really good at shifting on an unconscious level, things change really fast and then you can find a new layer, but that's the exciting part. Then change becomes exciting, right? Then growth becomes exciting and not daunting. Then it's not like this heavy thing I have to process or think about or rehash, right? I can just make changes and go just like I do when I hit the iron and never do that again. Mm. Perhaps what I was hearing and what you just shared there is that insight can happen very quickly. It doesn't always have to, it can happen in a moment. It's going to happen at some point instantly. Perhaps the cultural thing we discuss is the behavioral stuff to lock in that insight will take time to integrate into the life. No, just going to happen right away. No, that happens. That can happen immediately. So when you think about what most people do, We'll take fitness for an example. Hmm. Conscious change is behavior and environment. If you think of a ladder, those are the bottom things at the wrong, bottom Hmm. rungs of the ladder. So what do most people do at the beginning of the year? I'm in a meal prep. I'm going to join a gym. So environment and behavior, right? But above that is what your potential is. Now you're starting to get into unconscious. Mm -hmm. Above that is your beliefs. Above that is your values. And above that is your identity. Hmm. So if my identity is that I'm an athlete, I'm a super healthy person, I make amazing choices, like that's just who I am, then I don't have to worry about my environment and my behavior because that just happens. Mm. But if if I'm hustle and I'm thinking about my behavior and my environment all the time and I'm trying to 
do all these conscious things. Well, my conscious mind is only 5%. I'm sure you've heard that before. 5% of everything I do is conscious. 95% is unconscious. So that means the moment I'm not thinking about my environment and my behaviors that I want to change, then the 95 kicks in. Well, the 95 is unconscious, which is my potential, my beliefs, my values, my identity. So if those things are not aligned, then those things will, the things you want won't happen. You'll constantly be in this churn, in this cycle. But to change your beliefs, your values, your identity, that can happen very fast. That doesn't take a long time. I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example to explain it to you. But like hypnosis can change something. NLP, using things like there's a process called mapping across. I mean, I did some NLP on myself last night because I realized I was having this image of myself that I didn't want. So I, I shifted things and I noticed this morning when I got up, usually I get up, I get my coffee, I get back in bed and I journal last night when I went to bed, I recognized that I had this image, this identity of myself that I didn't want. I did some NLP on it. I actually did the swish technique. If anybody's listening and knows that I did that, I felt it shift. I mean, I felt it, my whole body changed this morning. I got up, I put my workout stuff on, then got my coffee, then went out to the couch before I realized, oh my God, this is not what I've done for the past two years. Hmm. Now it didn't take me setting that up. It didn't make me putting my stuff out by the couch. It didn't I, none of that. I acted differently because I had changed myself on my identity level. I didn't have to think about it. The person that I am now that I wasn't last night. And I know that sounds weird if you're not used to having shifts like that, But that person, I'm different than I was last night. I changed, I fundamentally changed something about myself. Now, change can happen when you have something really tragic happen, right? Huge emotional event, good or bad. My kid's born, right? I change. My mom dies, I change, right? Those things happen. But you can do that with hacking too. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be a big emotional event. Mm. And it doesn't have to be like something that I, struggle or push for every single day where I have post-it notes and I remind myself and remind myself and remind myself that stuff is great, but that will take a lot longer. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one big, uh, am I visualizing this properly identity? You're saying it's up here, but like at your core, that's like how you're like connecting. And like from that, you can change everything like instantly. Yeah. How you see yourself. You know, when I owned the gym, I competed. I won a bronze medal in the Pan Ams for Olympic style lifting when I was 45, I think. And when we would go on vacation, I would call around and find gyms that I could go and train at when I was there. It wasn't even a thing. I would just be like, where are we staying? What's the gym around? And I would call and then I would go work out. Like it wasn't a thing I thought about because I was an athlete. I'm not an athlete now. <laughs> I sometimes am like, should I even bring anything other than flip-flops? Should I bring my sneakers? Will we even go for a walk? Like it's changed. I would like to change that back. I, it's not a priority for me right now, but it changed hmm. in, in the time that 
I was an athlete. My daughter got very sick and that became my focus. And so my focus shifted and my identity, who I was, my main thing shifted. And so my behavior changed. So it, the identity impacts everything on an unconscious level. It impacts the choice you make when you go out to dinner. It makes the, impacts the choice you make when you go on vacation, right? Like it, it, it becomes easy when you shift to have your identity support what you want. And that's the mistake most people don't do. Most of the time, they just try to change their behavior and their environment. And then by January 20th, it doesn't work out and they're exhausted and they feel like it's because of them. And it's not, it's not because they don't have motivation. It's not because they don't have willpower. It's none of those things. And they beat themselves up. And to me, that's like a real tragedy. Some powerful stuff right there. I guess the, the question then that is asked is, in fact, who are you or who am I? And just choose on an identity you. level. Yeah. And I think most people couldn't really answer that honestly, not because they're trying to be dishonest, but because it is unknown to them because it's unconscious. In NLP, we, we calibrate based on behavior. So, what's your behavior? There you will find your identity. That was awesome. I learned so a lot many right good there. things. I learned a lot right yeah. there, actually. I really did. I really, good. just so you know, selfishly, I have this podcast because I get to talk to smart people and learn stuff. So that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> fundamentally what I, yeah. I really love what you're saying there. Mind you, now I want to get some hypnotherapy with you. Um, just so you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> Wow. I really appreciate you sharing that. And that, that has reframed a couple of things just for me in that. And I hope people find the ironic part is we're going to put, this is probably going to air around February when it's, people are listening to this, which will be probably yeah. right after everybody has come off of that. Like here was my failure loop. I feel like which garbage. is perfect timing. Perfect yeah. Timing. Perfect. Right. Cause now give you some ease that it's not cause you suck. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Because your brain is working so well, you just got to recalibrate it. So it works the way you want. You know, I always think of people like, um, I hesitate to say this one, but I'll say it this way anyway. Um, but like Donald Trump, right. Like could lose all his money and get it all back. Like people could, the people that make millions, they can lose it all and get it back. Cause it's not the, it's not, it's them. The money is coming from them and who they think they are. Hmm. So it, this works with everything. It works with your health and your weight and it works with your money. It works with, so change who you are up here. And then all of a sudden, like, well, of course they got their money back. Cause they, that's who they are. Wow. It's a big time shift. Yeah. Opens well, I'm gonna... up so much more possibility, right? Oh, which I love. I am a sucker for optimism and possibility. That's, yeah. that's probably, probably what drives my wife nuts. Cause I'm just, so you know, and I said this, I had a great interview yesterday too, but I, for the rest of the day, I got, I'm having like a five hour window where I'm just like going to sit with that and just simmer on it alone, like by myself, yeah. which is going to be great. I really appreciate you sharing some of that. I've, I actually learned quite a bit. I'm only moving forward a little bit because I want to be respectful of your time. 
Yeah. If somebody's listening right now and they're like, whoa, I did not think that was possible. I would like to speed up my time to change and my, and be okay with my identity, whatever that means. Yeah. How would it be best for somebody to get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can go to my website. It's just my name, betsypake.com. Um, if you go to betsypake.com slash beliefs, you can download a free hypnosis that will help you shift a belief. Um, I have a training that I have on my site. Sometimes I do it live. Sometimes you can catch the recording that's listed there. You can find me on Instagram at Betsy Paik. Yeah. All over social media at Betsy Paik. And I have a podcast called the art of living big which we had a blasty blast on. That was yeah, so much fun. Even more <laughs> happy now that we've had this conversation. Um, I've done a few hypnosis things myself and I, I, I've really enjoyed it every single time. Um, man, I'm just so grateful for having this conversation with you today because this is, especially for where this is going to fall in people's year, I think this is going to be something that needs to, that's going to really help people where they're just feeling defeated. And it's like, yeah. I just missed all these goals and all this. And then like, and then the bottom fell out. Um, yeah, which is yeah. perfect because maybe they had to have that experience in order to be open to hearing this. <laughs> Sometimes we need that pain to have that inflection mm-hmm. point. Wow. Wow. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we, we head out today? I think to just spend a minute, even if it's, even if you just have two minutes, you know, you drive to work and before you get out of the car, you just pause and just listen in and just ask yourself, what would you have me do today? And just hear, hear what needs to be heard, do what needs to be done. That's beautiful. Lots of questions you keep asking. I love everything about it. It's just like keeps getting better and better and better. Um, for everybody listening, I'm going to be posting all the show notes. Uh, the all the contact in the show notes so you'll be able to have access to that definitely would recommend check out the slash beliefs on the website i think that'd be really cool to give one of those things a shot if you've never have betsy i just just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us today like you're i feel like i feel like we've started this beautiful friendship as well like i'm so grateful for you in my life now and um i'm dead serious i want to get some hypnotherapy i've been looking for a while (laughs) i've been looking at like some past life regression stuff and i've always thought that i've had some curiosity around that so perhaps when we get off air we'll chat a little more but thank you so much for just being you and bringing your joy and i love i haven't even mentioned it yet but i'm digging the vibe with the bright yellow glasses like like super fun super sassy like a lot of fun they're kind of clown shoes for your face but in a good (laughs) way right? <laughs> That's how I think of them. I'm like, I'm going to put on my clown shoes today. Girlfriend, <laughs> I think you're super trendy. So work it, work it good. I love everything about it, but thank you so much. And um, I look forward to continuing our conversations and building this friendship. It's just been fantastic. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was super fun and it's always fun to get to spend some time with you. So thank you. It's been my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Again, everybody check out the the show notes for all the ways to get in touch with Betsy. And until next time, just reminding you to love everybody.